Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I'm Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Neil Haley. Today's guest is someone you absolutely want to have on your team when you're trying to have on your circle when you're trying to build a fantastic team for your organization. Tanya Martinez is a people connector and owner of Career Transformations, a recruitment firm and outplacement provider in Denver, Colorado. Exceptional at identifying talent for organizations, her organization helps hire talent, off-board, and pipeline talent for their clients, projects, or organizations. Welcome, Tanya, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa and Neil. Thank you. So tell us about um, how you got into recruiting and what, what drove you to start your own organization. Yeah, thank you. I have been recruiting, I feel like, all my life. So my only career has been HR. So I spent 22 years in corporate America on the HR side of things, but always focused in talent acquisition. So I always had the opportunity to work with leadership, team management in how to interview and hire and how to write job ads. And so it was very intriguing and just there's so much, you know, so HR was always a rich career. And throughout my years, I worked with a lot of external recruiters. So, you know, I I got to see kind of what they were about, what they did, what kind of money they made and, you know, the flexibility that they had in their schedules. And I thought to myself, about five years before I left corporate, I thought that was something I really wanted to do when I decided to leave corporate. So yeah, it, my passion has grown a lot stronger for it now that I've been out on my own. Now, um, th- when you started your organization, it was it was uh, in 2019, is that correct? Yes, right before the pandemic. <laughs> so how did you, how did that impact you starting a brand new company? You know, it was stressful. Um, obviously, nobody planned for that. Um, nobody saw it coming. So it definitely um, taught me a lot of shifting gears quickly and multitasking, you know, just really um, pivoting when I needed to and, and kind of tapping into my HR skills as well and seeing, you know, when companies weren't hiring and they weren't paying a recruiter to hire for them, what else could I do? So, you know, I, 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 I'm a hustler. So, you know, I started writing resumes and I started writing bios for people and I started doing, you know, trainings and workshops around topics that, you know, hiring and interviewing um, to make sure that, you know, until the business picked up, I was okay. That's key. And then you look at specifically enough monitoring and adjusting and you, what did you learn from that experience? Because then that probably made you even better at what you do now. Yeah, no, it definitely um, forced me to think about, you know, because I, I love HR. It's it's always been my space, but I was so excited to get out of HR, right, when I left corporate. So it made me realize how thankful I was for my background and, and really knowing, like, all I can do, because there were probably 10 different trainings that I could launch, you know, if I really wanted to and needed to. Um, just from my background. And I guess I really didn't think about that before because all I wanted to focus on was recruiting at the time when I started my business. So definitely a a ton of resilience and just 
you know, strength to keep moving forward because it was tough in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, um, when you're looking for a new job, it's very stressful. And um, how do you manage not taking on the stress of your clients? And what do you do to help them kind of remain calmed throughout the process? Yeah, you know, we have good conversation, you know, when I'm working with clients, not only around the process of the interview, but the process around hiring and understanding, you know, what's going on on the client side. So always trying to keep them in the know is important to me. Um, it keeps them engaged as well and a little bit more motivated if they know what's going on versus if they're working with a recruiter that doesn't keep them in the know and they're kind of in the dark. Um, so I like to keep open communication with them. And, you know, I always ask them, you know, what do they do for fun? And just, you know, as conversation as we're talking and kind of learn about what what they do outside of this massive job search that they're in. So definitely um, like to keep the communication open and make sure that they're comfortable and relaxed in talking with me. You mentioned fun. What are some of the things that you do for fun to kind of maintain your maintain a balanced mindset while running a company? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is I have five grandkids, so that is always fun. <laughs> we we definitely um, stay busy and we have them a lot. They both um, both kids live close by, so we have you know. I would say a couple times a week we have kids, and then aside from that, you know, personally. My husband and I ride Harleys, and so we get to get out, you know, and enjoy some fresh air. Um, it's not always the least amount of stress because sometimes being on the road is pretty stressful with drivers and just not paying attention. You know, there's so much going on. But the other thing that I do is um, I do a lot of walking out. We live out in the country, so being able to get out and walk every day is good, and it gives me some fresh air and kind of gets the, you know, it breaks up the monotony from the day. So being able to just walk away from your desk. And um, I would say billiards, you know, it doesn't sound like it's that stressful <laughs> that it can be, but there's a strategy to it, right? So that's why I love it. But I do play competitive billiards and that keeps my mind busy and just, it's a big challenge and I love that. So I've been playing since I was really young and I'm really good. I was gonna say, it's such, it's such important to kind of decrease stress is find something, a hobby or something you really enjoy doing to keep the, from the monotony of business all the time, because it can be, and just really kind of let, let loose and this is what you do. Yeah, and I didn't do that in the first year. I was really bad about it. I burnt out you know, pretty quickly and I realized, okay, we need to start scheduling some walks on this calendar and <laughs> you know, just doing some things that were forcing me to be a little bit more cognizant of my health and my mental you know, awareness. <laughs> now, being in HR for most of your career, um, you've seen a lot of burnout and stress, I'm sure, with employees. What are some of the things that you would recommend uh, for companies to help employees with um, maintaining work-life balance and not just work-life balance, but having a balanced mindset in, um, you know, in coming to, to work and having to deal with the stresses of work and, and also family and, and financial obligations and, and all the other stuff that comes with life. Yeah, you know, I'm a firm believer in the EAP mental health space. Um, I, I have always been typically on the side of onboarding a new employee. So it was important for me to share those benefits, but not only share them as a perk that you're receiving as a new hire, but 
also educating them once they're hired and continuing that education throughout their employment and, you know, continue to put flyers up about EAP because people don't realize what a powerful benefit that is just to be able to talk to someone and be able to, you know, talk to someone that's not in your family or your friend and that's not, you know, anyway, anyway associated with you. So EAP was always a really big um I, I just believed in EAP um, all throughout my career and still do. But also I would say, you know, as an HR and especially when you're dealing with like employee relations and helping employees on that side of the fence, it's really important to have that open, you know, communication and transparency with employees so that they're comfortable to come to HR when there is something wrong and, and you can help them better. Um, and I've always, you know, prided myself on having those relationships with employees and really being that trusted partner that they can come to. Um, because it's not fun when they aren't comfortable going to HR or they don't trust HR. Right, because they're afraid of losing their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And personal building that personal relationship is important in HR, right? So that they really know to come and talk to you. Yeah, and you'll get everything you want, you know, from entry to exit. You will receive everything you want if you have the trusted HR team. When COVID hit and the and they had lockdowns and and you know after the few weeks of the fun right because in the beginning everyone was like oh this is really cool it's like a mini vacation right and then all the stress started people were losing their jobs and people were just kind of stressed out about their family's uh, health and and so many things behind that um, a lot of the things that I was posting was about um, letting people know that they had EAP benefits for mental health because people don't realize the importance of having that in an organization and um, being able to reach out, whether it's to, to get help uh, with attorneys or mental health or getting a therapist or whatever it is, they're free services that the company provides for the most part. And then you can always extend the benefits and pay additional services, but they, they offer a lot and people don't recognize the value of that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, you know, being in, in the corporate space now with just what we've been through, you know, from the last three years, I, I imagine it's a lot more stressful from an HR perspective, just because there's a lot more challenges that we're faced with um, from, you know, the total population. So hands down to our HR folks, definitely. What are some of the things you look for in your clients that are looking to hire employees as far as their values and and a balanced uh, work work life balance and things like that yeah you know it's really important for me to work for a client that offers not only you know great pay great benefits but aside from that there is so much more and some of those things are great leadership you know um, a great team to work with a great culture all of that's important so much goes into hiring and, and making that right match. But if you can't offer that or you don't have it, it's tougher. And, you know, we're up against your competitors and it's harder to sell when you don't have those things in place. So I look for that, you know, I've always been a corporate recruiter and that's really important to me to make sure that I kind of check off all the boxes and um, because I have to sell it, you know, so I want to make sure that I'm working for a client that respects leadership and values employees and, you know, does all the the great things that I can turn around and offer to someone and make it a competitive offer. What advice would you give to uh, someone who's looking for a job in this environment? Because 
you know, they say there's, there's all these job openings and people, you know, are looking for good people, but today's process, you apply online and you're, you're up against a hundred or 200 other, other um, people looking for the same job. What advice would you give for someone who's looking for a new position as to how to stand out and then how to keep, um, how to, how to keep a healthy mindset about the process because it can be very stressful. Yes, you know, looking for <clears throat> looking for a job is a full time job, definitely, especially if you do it the right way. And and there is a right way. You know, there's a lot of research to be done. There's a lot of resume preparation, interview preparation. You know, doing research on the company and making sure this is a good fit for you. Doing you know leadership research as well and making sure this manager is going to be a good fit for you. So I always tell, you know, candidates to do your homework and get prepared. Um, resume, you know, sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do, especially if you're not a writer or you're not creative or um, because resumes could also, you know, get you kicked out of applicant tracking systems. So I would say, make sure that you're taking a fine comb to your resume and that, you know, you make sure it's, up to par. And if, if you're not sure, send it to someone to have them review it. It doesn't cost much to review a resume and give you some feedback. And then from there, I would say just, it's all about preparation, you know, making sure that you're ready for that day and, and standing out because there's so many ways you can stand out from others. You just have to do the homework. And you so know what you see, you know, so I was going to say that you see specifically enough how much now applicants have to personal brand themselves, right? It's not the days of just what you know and what you can and who you know. It's more about mm -hmm. how can people already see who you are as a quality candidate on your resume, but much more than that now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to stand out 100% there. And, and there's so many ways you can do that, but you just have to put the, the time in, right? Do your homework and and get on this job search and tackle it. <laughs> That's great. What advice would you give to other women who are looking to start their own recruiting company? Let's see. Well, I had never started a business before, so I would say definitely do some research on, you know, what it takes to start a business, not only from an income, you know, having a certain amount aside, you know, in case you have a pandemic, you know, being able to kind of sustain and, and get through that is, is the biggest thing I would say, but then just doing your homework again on, you know, what do you need to do legally? What kind of, you know, I mean, there's so much out there, so much networking to do. And, you know, I think the biggest thing to me would be really just allowing yourself some grace because it is hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, you're doing sales, you're doing marketing, accounting, you're doing everything. And then on top of that, when you're a solopreneur, I'm also recruiting and building a pipeline of candidates. And I'm also going out and networking a ton to build clients, to get clients. And that alone could take years, you know, so building trust with people and, and being authentic and letting people kind of see you inside and out and getting to know you so that they will come to you or refer you when they have that referral. And then, yeah, I mean, just give yourself grace, take those breaks, you know, don't work all weekends. And, you know, I do that sometimes, but, you know, definitely you, you've got to breathe and, and just give yourself some grace. 
And what do you do to connect with other women CEOs or other women leaders, um, you know, in your line of work? Yes. So I am heavily involved. I do a lot of volunteering. I also sit on board for an organization nonprofit here in Colorado and am well connected there. And I'm also part of the Mile High SHRM, which is a local chapter here in Colorado, the Society for Human Resources Management. And I work with a lot of folks, um, both on the volunteer side and through the organization. And yeah, I, I also do a lot of networking in the Arvada Chamber community. So I'm, I'm pretty well connected, plus my background, you know, I'm a, I'm a Colorado native, so I've been here all my life and definitely am well connected locally. That's great. It sounds like you stay connected with a lot of other women who are can be mentors to you while you're building your business as well. Definitely. I, I love that part of, you know, just my life, just having some really good influencers and mentors along the way, old bosses and friends and just colleagues. So yes, that's been saving grace for me for sure. That's so great. We running, so we are running out of time. What a great, what a great information we got again today. Yeah, it's, it's been so great to have you on the show. And do you have any parting words or words of wisdom that you want to give to um, any of the women out there listening to the show? Yeah, I would just say, you know, just like I said three times, I think give yourself some grace because it's hard. And, you know, we're up against sometimes a little bit more of a battle than others. And I just think it's awesome to see women kind of out on their own, doing their own thing and just growing from it. So um, it's, it's so rewarding to be my own boss and to, you know, be able to kind of do what I do, you know, not really having to report to someone to get approval. And so, yeah, that's all I have to say, but thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I appreciate it. I love what you're doing, Marissa. Thank you. That's great advice to every woman out there and starting wanting to start our own business. Love what you're doing. And uh, it's been great, great meeting you and great having you on the show. Thank you, Tanya. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Nell. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.